Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Every time I've taken that to God and was just like, I don't know that this is my path anymore. If I need to keep going, can you let me know? It was just this rush of peace that I got and the words were, you got to keep going. Episode 433 with Abby Anderson. Uh, Abby's awesome. Known her for a long time. Not to be confused with Abby from our show, who is Abby Lee Anderson, which is why she had to put the Lee in because of this Abby Anderson. But Abby is from South Lake, Texas. She moved to Nashville when she was 17. One of seven kids, second oldest. She began piano lessons at about five years old. And her interest in country music comes from her mom, who comes from a family of country music singers. And they just generally loved country music there. Uh, So Abby's been through it. She came to Nashville, got a record deal, uh, left that record deal, independent for a long time, now has kind of a new label deal going, but she's awesome. I think you're going to love her. If you don't know her, you're going to love her after this interview. Um, Let me play a little bit of Heart on Fire in Mexico. And here's a little bit of the reason I stay. On Instagram and TikTok, Abby Anderson Music. Enjoy one of my favorites. Here she is, Abby Anderson. Are you comfortable? I'm so great. Are you good? Yeah. Yeah? How you it's been? It's so good to see it's you. It's good to see you, too. Good to see you, too. Uh, when's the last time we saw each other? 2021. No way. Yeah, huh? You're you had mind. me on the sh- Maybe it was the beginning no. of 2022, because you had me on the show. You're out of your mind. Because I made you put me on the show. Yeah, that's not, <laughs> that, that, that can't be true that it's been that long. Yeah, huh? I think so. Maybe I've seen you in passing and maybe, stuff. Maybe, but I think maybe it's social media too, where I follow you, so I see what you're up to. So I feel like yeah. I see you all the time. I'm maybe sorry that's about it. That. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, when did you go do shows with me? Was that before even 2021, 2022? That was 2019. Really? 
Oh yeah, you were making fun of my crop tops and everything. I still, re- <laughs> I still remember that. Man, I guess COVID just kind of funny. erased memories, erased years from memories. I know. I'm trying to give my. I still try to give myself grace for that. For what? For what? But no, know, but I talked like, to you. I've talked to you though. Even I haven't seen you. Speaking of that, I remember you. We talked on the phone once when you were making music. Mm-hmm. So that counts. I was asked. I needed some guidance. I yeah, you're freaking out. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, so that counts, even though I didn't see you. Like I, I guess my point is, I genuinely like you. And we've spent enough time together. I genuinely like you. We've spent enough time together where I feel like, like I know you. Yeah. Even if I don't see you for you a year and a half or so. Yeah. So. I'm not exactly mysterious. So. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty easy to know. <laughs> that is true. You're not mysterious. What do you do? I have a lot of like, you know, questions about what we're going to talk about. But like, what do you do for if because I was just at home, I had like 30 minutes. We, we'd been mm-hmm. doing the show. We went and recorded another video uh, basketball show. Had like 30 minutes just to sit. If you have that, what do you do if you have 30 minutes or an hour to sit? Like what is your, I'm going to chill for a second, mm-hmm. activity? I, um, you're going to laugh at me because it's hippy dippy, but it helps me so much. Deep breathing. Like if I have 30 minutes mm-hmm. to just dream, I take it. And I'm like, I'm going to put my phone away. Like meditation type? I guess so. Yeah. Like praying slash. That's, I that, love writing that's, in my journal. I just love visualizing and letting myself dream. I'm like, if I didn't have any fear in me right now, what would I do? And I just practice visualizing that, feeling that emotion. And I feel like that's changed so much for me. Do you feel like that helps you? And when did you start focusing on that? Like... Probably last summer. Really? 2023 summer. Why? Why did you start going down that road? I was just tired of being where I was. And um, I don't know if you've ever felt like this. Like I I felt like I saw the person I wanted to be and she was within reach. And I was like, I know I have that potential. And I get really, really frustrated when for some reason I feel like I can't reach my potential. And that's like my biggest fear in life is not reaching my full potential. (laughs) I, yeah. I'm reading this book called The Power of Now, and it's all about their, the, you know, part of it's the ego and what we, the past and the future, or what define the ego, what we think about what we used to be and what we hope that we can be, or what the pressures we put on ourselves to be. And, and the whole book is like focusing on right now because that's the only thing you can actually affect. And it's a lot of what you're saying too, like, just stopping, slowing down, closing your eyes, sitting up though, because if you lay back, you'll fall asleep. I yeah. fell into that trap. Yeah, but naps are good. Yeah, but not if you're actually trying to. Well, maybe, maybe you need a nap. Oh, I always need a nap. <laughs> you definitely need Maybe I'm nap. just talking to me then. I always yeah, need don't a nap. Project. I, don't, I don't sleep. <laughs> I don't sleep that much. So where did you learn to do this? Did you just start going, I'm going to take deep breaths? Or did you read it somewhere? Or did, did you have a friend that was like, hey, if you'll just... Because I do the breathing as well now because I've been taught, hey, the first thing you can do is just focus on your breathing because what that does is it takes your mind off of everything else. Yeah. So as much as you're breathing and it's good to put oxygen in your blood, mm-hmm. the physical part of it, but if you focus on your breathing, you, at, at least for a bit, stop focusing on all the things that can be bothersome or stressful or why and how did you know to start doing that so i learned it from a vocal coach back in like 2019 Mm. again 
And um, she always, she taught me the importance of diaphragmatic breathing. So to sing. To sing. Got it. And then I was like, man, when I do this, though, I feel great. And I feel like, um, like the past few years, it's just been a lesson of tapping back into what I want and listening to myself and listening to my gut. I've always had a strong gut instinct. I just got really bad at listening to it. Who's the person you want to be? Like, who did you see that you didn't feel like you were, but you could actually get there? What was different about her? Wait, say that again? Well, you said you saw the person that you could be. She's yeah, she's reach. free. So, just free and fearless. And You don't think you're that? I think I'm getting there. I think I'm pretty damn close. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, my perception of you is that you are very free. Yay. I think at times we can seem fearless, but it doesn't mean we actually are. No, I'm still scared. I think a lot of times, I think for a while I was like even scared of, I don't mean this in a cocky way. I think I was scared of how powerful I know I am. Because? Because then I'm calling the shots and then everything's on me. And then if you fail then, it's, then if you fail then, it's your fault. And I can't blame anybody. Yeah. It's not any label president's fault. It's not the A&R's fault. It's not the yeah. pretty, it's me. Did you, so you were with a label for mm-hmm. a while. I was with the same label for a while. Yep. Um, and when you went independent and you left the label, was there a fear that you couldn't be successful without a label or was there more of a no. fear? Yeah, really? No fear. It was, um, I think what it was, was I was just so excited to throw paint at the wall. And I think what I made next that was back in 2021. That is when I emailed mm-hmm. you and I was like, hey, listen to this, please. Because I was, yeah, I was scared because I was like, dang, this is, I feel like I'm 17 again, moving to town, yeah. like truly creating the stuff I believed in and that I freaking loved. And um, that was fun. And I was like, okay, I don't really care what this does. That was the first time in a long time that I felt like I'm creating music I love I don't care what it does. Hopefully people like it. Like, I wouldn't be an artist if I made music just for me. <laughs> of course I want people to hear it. Of course I want people to enjoy it. And it's still, I write it because I have to. And that was the first time in a minute where I was like, I don't care if people like this. And luckily, they did. And I like to think I'm getting better and better and better at that. What do you mean they liked it? Just data? Just streams? Yeah. Yeah. Just like my fans, like, the, I've never had that reaction from my people before and they weren't concerned about the sound per se i think they could just see the light in me and the fire in me and the passion behind it like it's so much more fun promoting a song that you actually believe it oh my gosh like i didn't know what that felt like (laughs) yeah that's funny that's true i was like damn i've been fake as hell this whole time (laughs) so i'm like if i can be that good promoting something with a fake smile imagine how much more fun it's gonna be when it's real (laughs) So when you're putting out this record we're talking about now, this this body of music, and you put it out and it does in your mind, it makes you feel good. You're fulfilled yeah. by the reaction that it got. So does it make you enjoy now being with a label that would give you a bit of your own autonomy? or Because like, like, aren't you signed now with somebody different? Virgin. So It's been awesome. It's a legit, legit label. Yeah. And that's what I was... My point was... Now, do you have a bit more of understanding of what you want and you'll actually mm-hmm. ask for it instead of just having them tell you, this is your sound, you will do this? For sure. And I think um, I think I needed that moment after the first label deal 
to be truly, truly independent, to stand on my own two feet, and I'll take the heat in that way. And now I don't think any label would come to me and assume that any any differently, that I, I wouldn't present the music I loved. Like, now you couldn't tell me, you couldn't tell me what to say. <laughs> and you wouldn't have been able to tell you then when you left your first label that, hey, this is actually going to be for the great not just for the good, but for the great, because you almost needed that break to understand why you were breaking. Yeah. You, to understand. That's a great way I needed a break to understand why I was so miserable. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that sucked. And you probably were a bit even more miserable for a minute. Like the misery. Oh, Bobby, I got so depressed I bet. after I left. And that's an interesting question. I wonder why, because I got what I wanted. I wanted to be free. And then once I was free, I almost quit. Mm-hmm. I almost quit. Why not? Why didn't you quit? Like, what What was the little pep talk you had with yourself where you're... Oh, I'm terrible at pep talks with myself. I would, like, crap on myself. <laughs> that was... I think that was God. There was that, like... Well, that can be yourself. It was that... Whatever it was right. inside of God you. Is in, God's yeah. inside of us. I believe that. But, like, it was just that gut tug that was, like, you're not done yet. And every time I've taken that to God and was just like, I don't know that this is my path anymore. I don't know that this is for me. If it, if it is, can you let me know? If I need to keep going, can you let me know? Instantly, it'll just be like, it was just this rush of peace that I got. And the words were, you got to keep going. Just keep going. Was I'm there really glad I did. <laughs> anything artistic that you did once you decided that you were going to keep going that kind of revitalized you any yeah. specific art that you made music or anything? i think it was that um it's called sugar spice that nine song project and i have bad posture on it once i wrote bad posture and that was released in 2022 and that was with marshall altman who was like I, he he just provided such a great cocoon for me to like recover and i needed to recover i needed to recover the artist in me to feel fearless again and give back to that 17 year old Abby I'm like you couldn't tell that girl shit she was <laughs> she strolled into town had no idea about like how hard it was to get a record deal and she got one in two years because she said she would and I was like I want to that girl was a dreamer and she just made it happen by asking for it she was a dreamer and that's we aspire to have at least I do at times aspire to have uh some of that that I call it like dumb deer face where you just don't, you don't know. So you just go. It's like, like a kid. You just don't. However, you want that again, but you've had to go through some hard times. So you're actually way more mature and part of you as well. I'd like to think. You yeah, have I'd to like be. To think Anytime so. you go through adversity, you either get stronger or you die. Yeah. And you got a lot stronger in this case. That bad posture song was so good. Thank you. I still love that song. Yeah. I loved that song. Thank you. Did your people really liked that song was that one that resonated yeah. that, that was i mean I, I think we played that on the like the my heart women show that yeah, i programmed thank you. it's that's that's such a good song and i needed that mm-hmm. i needed that one the i was watching your instagram it's been a while now and i saw you do this song and you were like my grandma <gasps> heart on fire mexico yes yeah and i i watched probably one of the first times you posted it and you were, and you may have to retell me the story of it. Like my yeah. grandma met somewhere over in a place, like an <laughs> island far. or something. It's okay, a far an island. This is in Mexico. Okay, yeah. see whatever. <laughs> I knew it was something though. Mexico and island are both warm. I get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so 
tell me the story before we talk about the song. So what happened? How did she tell you the story? Go ahead. So my this is the story I grew up hearing from my mom. So my mom's half Mexican and my dad's like whiter than you are. <laughs> Why do I have to be the standard for very white? Okay, go ahead. It's okay. It's not it's a good it's okay. okay, okay. <laughs> and so um so me and my sisters, we always grew up knowing that like mom's Mexican, she speaks Spanish. There's like it was just a culture we grew up around. And um and I remember when we were little kids, we were like, Mom, like where did that come from and she she for the longest time would not tell us this story because her childhood was really traumatic and you know and i hope she writes a book about her story one where did day. she live as a kid el paso got it so anyways the story goes my peepaw was in the army and he go he was in fort bliss and back in those days this, again, this is the story I was told, okay? We could go and fact check, but frankly, everyone was drunk. <laughs> and like, I go back and I ask my granny Joe the facts or like anybody and everyone's got a different story. This is the story I okay. grew up hearing right. from my mother, okay? He's in Fort Bliss. He goes over with, to Juarez with some buddies. And um, that's where my nanny was working at a bar. Gorgeous lady. I mean, stunning. And... Um, they meet at a bar, hook up. She gets pregnant. Wait, hook up as in that night? Yeah. First night. That night, first yeah, night. Got it. They, I, I, I'm pretty sure. Early, yeah. at least. Very early. Yeah. Um. Anyways, he goes back to the States, not knowing she's pregnant, and um, has my mom. And then they get back to El Paso. That's what's murky. I don't understand how, they, how she went from Juarez to El Paso. That might be, not be like... I don't know if it was legal. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know how it happened. <laughs> Somehow they ended up in El Paso. Okay. And my mom grows up knowing that her father was this army guy. And um, long story short, somehow finds him when she's like nine or ten years old because she needed to get away from my nanny. She was not like a healthy person. And um, finds my peepaw. Wow. And that's like a whole, and I mean, he, her story's incredible. And he had no idea. He had, he actually knew, so he finds out later, I found this out from my grandma, um, Peepaw's wife, and she actually told me like, hey, I don't think your mom realized that Peepaw actually went to go find Yolanda, because somehow he found out she was pregnant, and he brought her to San Antonio. And then I think she just wasn't comfortable there. It was a whole different culture and everything. And she went back. Went back. And then. Something like that. And then my mom found him when she 10. was like nine or 10. Like she had like the neighbor called him and was like, you got to get this girl out of here. Hang tight. The Bobby cast will be right back. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots. And Tacova's is your next stop before attending your next concert. Tacova's has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring. You're talking about men's boots, women's boots, um, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition, timeless style, always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort, little to no break-in period. Like it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, direct consumer pricing keeps the value on your feet, the money in your pocket. So stop by your local Tacova store. Have a complimentary drink. Shop the new styles. You like the smell of leather or no? I love it. Yeah. That's what the whole store basically is. Fresh leather. Yep. Friendly staff. Or like the smell of staff? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm sure they smell good there. 
Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. What a gift, too. Regular live music and events, there is no in-store experience like this. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Yeah. Yeah. Tecovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back on the Bobbycast. Where was your grandpa living? In, at that time, he was in East Texas. So stayed in Texas? Yeah. Was he from Texas originally? Yep. Texas boy. So you write Heart on Fire in Mexico? Yeah, I've always wanted to write my mom a song. Yeah. Yeah. And how long did it take you to write that one? So fast. Oh, it fell out of you? It's, it was so fast. Like, I, I've always, for a long time, I was like, man, my mom gave me and my sisters the life she never had. She gave us the gift of having a mother. And um, I'm like, that's just an incredible thing to do, be able to give someone something you've never experienced before. And so I woke up one day, and literally I woke up in those first four lines. She was a dark head, Juarez beauty flirting with a G.I. Joe off-duty work and hip tips at a bar in Mexico. And I was like, whoa. I was like, thank you, God. And I called up my buddy, Michael Farron. I had a write with him scheduled that day, and I was like, I'm coming in hot. <laughs> 
and we have to write this today, and it was like maybe 30 minutes. Wow. Yeah. That's rare and awesome. It was rare and awesome. Especially something that falls out of you that has longevity in that you end up keeping it, recording it, being proud of it, all of that. Because if I'm doing something, I'm like, oh, this is a great idea. Half the time, it's not even that great. Once I finally get around, or I don't. Or falls flat later for Yeah, or maybe I'm like, it falls flat, and I'm like, you know, I just, I'm not even going to pursue it anymore, where maybe I should. But for all of that to happen, and also be a very personal. Yeah. That's really cool. Thank you. Yeah. So, what's, what's the song that, like, what is... The, what's your song now? That like was, your your focus song, your single, whatever they call it these days. Right now, it's the reason I stay. Okay, which I love that song, but still, like, and my like the people who follow me love that song too. But still, it's hard on fire in Mexico. I feel like I cracked something inside me when I, I wrote that. I felt I like when like, I watched I like you I play it. Yeah, I, re- I mean, I remember just watching the video from when it, the first time you put it up. Yeah, like I felt. Feels like I, me. I didn't rewatch it. I didn't do any like research yeah. on, on you as far as like going to watch videos again because I just see it all the time. Yeah. But I remember the first time I watched it, I was like, "Oh wow!" I mean, I felt that. Thank you. Good. And and you know, we're we're in a land where there's a lot of that trying to happen, but it's rare that you really feel yeah. something because it's all the time and everywhere. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. You should come play that on the radio show. I'll do, do it. You, and, and yeah, that'd be really good. And it won't Bring be one. the piano. And, I, I've, and I've never told you to come on and then you not come on. Duh. Freaking Bobby. What? I'm going to tell you. No, no but I'm saying, no, it's not. No, <laughs> I'm saying I don't say, hey, you should come on. Then, like, I like, then I like, don't, then I like, don't follow up. You want to no, come I, play? No, yeah. Say yeah. It, I want to come play. When I say <laughs> it, I mean, do I, I don't, it's not like a, we should have dinner sometime when people say that, but no, not really, they don't mean it. Yes. Yeah. Shut up, man. Well, yay. Thank you. Shut up. Get off of me. Um, did you do shows with Stevie Nicks? Yes. That's what the hell? That's wild. It was so dope. How did that come together and what was it like? So, uh, Cheryl Lewis, who's Stevie Nicks's manager, she's she's become a great mentor to me. And I met her through a friend of a friend, my friend Madison. You know how Nashville works. It's just like Cheryl's Madison's aunt. We're at a ha- get this. We were at a house party one night. And Madison texts me and she's like, hey, she knows I'm like a huge Chris Isaac fan, like obsessed with him. Never don't even try it. You're going to make me mad. Don't don't even try it. I, <laughs> I was letting our audience know who it was. <laughs> People know. I just am upset. Like, I feel like he raised like I grew up listening to his records with my mom okay. in the car growing up. And she texts me. She's like, hey, you should come over tonight. My uncle Chris is here. My aunt Cheryl. And so I'm thinking like. Okay. No way. Is that Kid right? you not. Chris Isaac is her uncle. Is her freaking uncle. And I and I walked in and I was like, bro, I was like, Madison. I said, do you know like do you know who your uncle is? I was freaking out. And the last thing I was gonna do was be like, Oh, I'm an artist too, you know. Right. So I just started asking him questions, being a nerd, and finally he was like, Why do you care so much? And I was like, Oh, I, you know saying whatever and um that night we just ended up playing guitar together all night oh see God. it was so fun and Cheryl was there and so me and Cheryl became really good friends and I would just ping her every now and then for advice and business stuff and then one day she called me it was like a year and a half later probably and I don't expect anything from anybody like I genuinely love her and she just called me one day and she's like hey sweetie 
I was just wondering if you want to come open for Stevie. No way. <laughs> I was like, yes, Cheryl. <laughs> I was like, yes, I would love to do that. So we did like, um, I think we have four, four or five shows with her. There's a lot it to unpack. Awesome. Oh, and I want to come back to the shows in a second. But you are at a house with Chris Isaac just playing music, a guy that you listen to a lot. Yeah. I don't know. Tell me about that. It was, and what do you play? And how, and how do you like? What's the whole? What's the vibe? Shit, he literally feels like your uncle, but like a legendary uncle. <laughs> He's like the most humble, like sweetest man. I'm like, he was just fun. And that's Madison's uncle. Fun. Yep. Did he do? Oh, I don't want to fall in love. No, I didn't want to ask him to do the that. He's do the big so, single. He's probably so tired of that song. We just played covers. That's it cool though. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever do you ever like see him ever anymore? I do. Uncle? Yeah. When I go to um when I go to L A, they'll have me over. He took me to Lululemon. Like we'll go shopping. <laughs> <laughs> they're so fun and like Cheryl's like pushing her dogs everywhere. There, it's just they're like family to me. That's now. cool. It's so fun. I love that man. So this is dope. Let's talk about going to open for Stevie Nicks. So she called and says, hey, do you want to do this? Of course you do. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, Fleetwood Mac, amazing. Stevie mm-hmm. Nicks, amazing. Um, first show was what city? Chicago. And or Orlando. Do you, I get, Orlando or Chicago. Do you remember the, the first, like going to the venue that day? Oh, yeah. It was a big old arena, sold out. Arena, and, an arena, that's crazy. I don't know if you ever felt like this, and I hope this doesn't come off in like an arrogant way, but I remember walking in there being like, hell yeah. <laughs> like, this place ain't big enough. Mm-hmm. Like, it just felt, it just, it just felt so damn good. Oh my gosh. Did you get to meet her before you played? No, I haven't met her. You didn't meet her? I haven't, I've never met I wrote her like a, a couple little notes to saying thank you. Yeah. And I gave them to her team. I I highly doubt her team gave it to her. I bet they father. did, or at least put it in front of her. Maybe, but I won't blame them if they didn't. You know, I'm surprised you didn't. <laughs> she didn't say hi or something. Oh, I don't blame her. I mean, the woman's a freaking legend. She's, I mean, she's still crushing it every night. She's did you go watch going, side stage? Oh or? yeah, oh yeah. And she's just. I feel like I learned from her. Like her just standing there is enough. Um, like just the presence she has and the energy she brings to her show. Mm-hmm. And I learned like, man, I, I'm enough. Like, you know, me just standing there being present, letting the audience know I'm happy to be there. That's when I have my best shows. I don't need to do a whole bunch of, pr- I think I spent a lot of time trying to prove something, you know? To what or to who? Everybody. Just doing too much rather than the thing that comes effortlessly to me and getting really, really good at that. How, how much do you play piano in your set? Ooh, that's a good question. That's how I was introduced to you, by the way, before I ever knew who you were. I was like the piano player. Yes. I'd never met you. Yeah. And because, again, was on the same label. for So I had a relationship over there. I ended up you know, buying my way out of it because yeah. I was like, I don't need a label. We do all our own promotion. Yeah. And so I kept a good relationship. And I remember when they had signed you, you were introduced to me as this amazing singer who's even a better piano player. That's nice. So I thought it was like little Mozart or something. That's nice. I mean, I grew up playing Mozart. You so did? <laughs> I still, I'll still pull him out every now and then. Really? 
because I've never seen, I've never seen that version of you with the classically trained. No, I mean, if you asked me to play off memory right now, I probably couldn't. It'd be pretty choppy. Um, no, in my set, it's probably I'll take a little acoustic. It depends how long the set is, but I like to be me and just the audience. But those shows were acoustic, so it was just me. I brought my guitar player Chad, and I probably roll. I mean, we got like eight songs, seven songs. So I probably rolled four of those on piano. And then I just get bored. Like, I don't want to stand behind the piano the whole time. It feels like I'm, you know, I like, I mean, imagine me wanting attention. I like me. <laughs> I just like being out front. Do you feel most comfortable instrument wise with the piano? Yeah, for sure. It's just like, I don't have to think about it. That would be so cool. You're took, a good I, guitar player, though. No, I'm not. But I took lessons on piano. I'm not a good guitar player. I play well enough to be able to yeah. do comedy. Not good. I can't sing either, but I sing. You know, all you gotta be is good enough. All you gotta, <laughs> all you gotta be is confident. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> if you trick people into thinking you're good, sometimes they're like, "I guess he's." I, believe you. They're like, "Well, I guess this is good." He mm-hmm. looks like he's thinks he's good, so why not believe I'm it? Yeah. Um. So I took piano lessons as an adult. Really struggled. Really. I was probably. Were they teaching you theory though, or were they teaching you like how to read notes? That second one. Oh, well, that's, yeah, you would love theory. Theory. Just taking, so essentially just taking what you already know on guitar and just laying it flat on a keyboard. Yeah, I don't know enough on guitar to do that. Mm, you would, you, anyone can pick up the national number system easy. I'm actually teaching my husband right now. Like, really? he, Yeah, and it's then, so fun. I, the national number system is interesting because I've recorded enough music to hear, hear them all. One four doing six. it yeah quickly too. Right. They'll pull up the sheet and be like, all right, one, uh, one four three three. Best system ever. And I have no idea, but I'm like, yeah, that's good. I like that. Yeah, one four three three. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that that seems to work. <laughs> Could you have been a pianist? I think so. If you would have focused on that, that was my dream initially. It was like when I was eight, I would um, I was classically trained and would travel Texas doing piano competitions. Oh, you would compete? (laughs) Wow. I was such a nerd, Bob. I still am a nerd. But yeah, when I was really little, um, my piano teacher, like we thought we were on the road to going for Juilliard. Um, And I thought that's where I needed to go to like do music. I just don't think that's a nerd thing. I think that's an awesome thing. Like I'm jealous. Well, I was homeschooled on top of that, so we can argue what's nerdy. What's not. The homeschool <laughs> thing is, and I, and I knew that. And also, you you look like your sisters. I mean, it is crazy. I know, when you're, right? Do you see it? Because sometimes people can't see when they like my sister. People say you guys look alike, kind of, but not really. Yeah. Do you see it? Oh yeah. Sister? Okay. Like half of us are. It's funny because me and Avery, they call us like we're like the two brown ones. <laughs> like that's where my mom's side of the family comes out. And then my two twin sisters, it's like unfair how gorgeous they are because they got like my mom's dark hair, my dad's blue eyes, and that olive skin. And then um, yeah, but we, I think we all, we all look super alike. How many total in brothers and sisters? Seven of us. And, and so six girls. Wow. And one boy, and he's the he's the little baby. He's our OBB, only baby boy. The seventh (laughs) was the only boy. Yeah. Were they? Were your parents going to keep trying until? No. So he actually, and I don't want to say I. He's only like thirteen, so I don't want to tell too much of his story. But we adopted him. Oh, is that right? He was adopted, and it was one of those things where he's actually like my third or fourth cousin. But he's my brother. But he's also still in the family? Oh, yeah. In a way? Oh, that's cool. But he's my brother. Like, we got him. I remember my mom just came home with him. It was, he was, like, two weeks old, and we're just obsessed with him. 
Do the, does your sisters, do they like your husband? Oh, oh my gosh. Everybody's got a crush on my husband. They won't admit it. Everybody's got a little crush on my husband. <laughs> What's he like when he's around all your sisters? <laughs> oh, man. What is he like? He's just, he's just, he's really good at taking jokes. Like, we're pretty mean. When we, I don't know if you're like. You make fun I, of each other. That's how you show you love each other. We make so much yeah. fun of each other. Like, we just freaking don't know how to stop. And um, Tyler's really, really, really great at taking a joke. Like, he can laugh at himself. He'll fire one back. My little sister Avery and him, like, they are so funny in the family group chat. They are just, like, riz- like making fun of each other the whole time. Do you guys have a group him. that he's not in and then also a group that he is in? We have chat? too many. We have too many group oh, chats yeah. and it gets us in trouble because we're like, oh, wrong group chat, wrong group <laughs> chat. Like, like me and my sister, it's just me and my, like Ashlyn, me, Aaron and Emily, us four oldest girls, we're just like kind of talking crap about everybody all the time in that GM. And then there's one with the little, little sisters, Avery, Olivia, and then one with the Tyler and Skylar. <laughs> They're the only like boy in-laws at the moment. We'll see if uh, we'll see if the other boys my sisters are dating make the cut. We'll see. Boy, it's tough to get brought into but a six sister family. Man. And we're ruth. We're pretty. We're pretty ruthless. What? Who's the so, oldest? Ashlyn. She's my big sister. So I'm the second. Got it. Yeah. So when there are six girls, pardon my crass question here, it's but okay. when there are six, and I wouldn't I ask this unless it was you. Do you guys like fart on each other and stuff? No, like yeah. If they were brothers. Okay. If we're, we're disgusting. We like I. I think girls. We are so much more gross than boys. We just do it more outwardly. <laughs> no, we're privately disgusting. Yeah. I wonder because if, no, if you have three used, boys together farting on each other all the time. No, it's all bro- that used to be my wake up call growing up. I, like, you know, <laughs> to come in <laughs> be like, good morning. Yeah, that's funny. You're like, okay. And the fights about clothes and just like, I mean, we would probably slap each other harder than like the UFC. Mm. Like hit each other. I mean. Yeah. Anybody else do music? Everybody. In not, some form? Not professionally, but all my sisters sing. Like, we grew up singing in church together, and they're all incredible. Um, like, Aaron and Emily still keep up their chops on the classical piano. I mean, they're, like, the touch they have on keys is incredible. So, yeah, we all get together and sing. And You want a water or something? It's fun. Ooh, I would love a water, yeah, actually. I, I started what are you drinking there? It's a beer. No, it's not. You don't drink. I know. It's and uh, I saw thirty calories on that. I was like, "What kind of beer what? is that?" <laughs> you wanna, do you want a water? I love water. Yeah. It's a whole. Thanks, it's uh, it's it's a kombucha. Hum it. But when I when it's called hum, and I do you like kombucha? Like it doesn't make you bloated or anything. It does a little. Makes it burp a lot. Yeah. But when I was doing whole thirty, there you go. Um, oh, you guys have the. I love the box water. Hey, one, I love one this. environmental step at a time. I love this. Um, this makes me feel good. You, you couldn't have sh- I couldn't have sugar when I was doing Whole30, and that's just about eating natural stuff. When did you do that? Last, probably nine, ten months ago. It's pretty amazing. Do you feel better mentally when you're... Yeah, you, there's, yeah. No, there's not near as much brain fog. You sleep Same. better. Everything's better. And it's not a crazy diet, like <clears throat> one of these you no. know, novel diets. It's just you don't eat processed food. Yeah. And only really stuff that comes from the ground or animal. But no sugar. And I love sugar. I eat sugar all day. It's my yeah. favorite thing. Sugar's, I would only eat sugar. That would be the only thing. I would, I'd have sugar for breakfast, lunch, dinner, yeah, uh, main meal, and dessert. But these kombuchas, they were Whole30. And I just got kind of, it was like the one thing I could really like. Like satisfies yeah. the sweet. Yeah, because I love soda. And I don't drink it almost maybe two a year. 
Yeah. I would drink a three liter of Mountain Dew a day. Good for you. That's just like a discipline. You're like, I'm just not going to do soda. I would like to do soda still. Yeah. Yeah, because I felt like it was not as much pleasure as it was pain. Oh, Me- what do you mean? Meaning I would drink it and just feel bad or I'd be work. I'd have a TV shoot or something and I would be like not liking how I would look and whatever clothes yeah. they were going to put me. It mostly it's all the gross sugar I was eating. It wasn't in a bo- a bo- so much a body image thing. I could just see yeah. all the sugar. and so, I can see it in my face. Yeah, face. And I'm like, that's not worth Like, thank God. I think God made me vain so that I would be healthy. Because I'm like, if I didn't, if I didn't see it on my face, what I was eating. Because as soon as I eat sugar or like sugar any of that yeah. or the sodas, like I start breaking out. I'm like, it's just really? Not, yeah, it's just not worth it. The Bobby Cast. We'll be right back. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your next stop before attending your next concert. Tacova's has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring. You're talking about men's boots, women's boots, um, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition, timeless style, always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort, little to no break-in period. Like it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, direct consumer pricing keeps the value on your feet and the money in your pocket. So stop by your local Tacova store. Have a complimentary drink. Shop the new styles. You like the smell of leather or no? I love it. Yeah. That's what the whole store basically is. Fresh leather. Yep. Friendly staff. Or like the smell of staff? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm sure they smell good there. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. What a gift, too. Regular live music and events. There is no in-store experience like this. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Yeah. Yeah. Tecovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers, 
or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Bobby Cast. We were having you and I were having dinner at um, Cheesecake Factory in oh, that was fun. Virginia Beach, twenty nineteen. Is that when it was? And yep. you were telling me about this guy you were dating who yeah. was like a lawyer, and you were driving. He's to- not a lawyer. Did I say he was a lawyer? I don't remember. I, I'm just telling you what. I, it's like your grandma's story. <laughs> Could have been a lawyer. You know, yeah, we, yeah, we were both yeah. drunk. You, know? yeah, 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 you weren't. You were. <laughs> but. Whatever his job was, you drive back and forth to Atlanta. He'd drive here. Yeah. And you were like, I think this could this be obsessed. it. You got married in 2021. 2021. So what, how's marriage been for I you? I love it. I think it's been, um, I think what was different about when I knew I loved Tyler was like every, every person I dated before him, I always felt like I had to choose. It's like you either get married, you pick the guy, or you can do music, mm-hmm. or you can pursue what you love. And Tyler was the first guy who was just, like, so unthreatened. Just. Was it refreshing? Oh, my gosh. It's, like, the hottest thing ever <laughs> to just have a man, like, stand by you and just be like, freaking go fly and call me when you can and go do your thing. And he's got his thing, and it's just we're both free, you know. And, and I'm just, assuming it's not lawyering. I made, no, I made he's in. He's a he's a broker. He's a tech. I knew broker. it was something like that. It's like the CarMax of tech is Got what it. I tell people. So. <laughs> and when did you feel like it was different? How long into it? Oh, it was quick. It was like first date. Literally our first date. Um, I remember he picked me up from my hotel, and first of all, he's just so damn good looking that I was just like, okay, you know, I was already in, and um, and I just remember thinking after that date, like, okay. Are we probably going to see each other? Probably not again because he's in Atlanta. I was on radio tour at the time. You know how that goes. But I remember thinking like, man, if I don't marry him, like I want a guy just like him. Like that's the caliber I want. And how did you guys do the distance? We just did. Like it was the most easy thing to figure out. I don't even know how. Like we just didn't sleep. It was so fun. See, my wife and I did distance for a while too, and it was not fun because she was not as close. Well, that was like flying, yeah, right? It was, it was Cal- California, and it was tough. But y'all did y'all started getting really serious during COVID though, because we started dating three or four months before COVID. That's amazing. And then COVID happened, and it was only going to last a couple weeks. Right. So it was like, so you were like just come, come stay over. here for a couple weeks. Yeah. And then that turned into months obviously yeah and then it was well i guess everything's gonna go back to normal so you're not gonna move out or yeah. you're not gonna go away are you i guess not and so that it just kind of happened like that yeah what about you guys as far as like he had to move here yeah and that was a that was a big conversation for us because he's a georgia boy and he he likes his woods and fishing and just being out in nature and um I think what's cool is he never made me be the one to ask. I think he just, I forget how that happened. He was just kind of like, you know, I'm, uh, I realized like I'm going to need to move. 
you had a song back in the day. I'm not going to put a year on it because I don't know years, obviously, because I thought mm-hmm. we hung out last week. Yeah. My sense <laughs> of time is completely off. The Make Them Wait song, which. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I have a love-hate relationship with that song. That's what I was going to ask you about. Yeah. So what is your love? Let's go. What is your love relationship with that song? Well, I, I'm going to be careful how I talk about it because I love that. I know, I know people were introduced to me because of that song. That's okay. I think, I'm not lost on that. And I don't think anybody thinks you are. You they, know, it's my first radio single. But if they still know you, they know that you live an, auth- an authentic yeah. life. And you would probably say to them if they were here, just like you're talking to me, whatever your answer is here. Yeah. So I don't think anyone's going to be disappointed by your answer as long as it's like true. I feel like I've just outgrown it. But what was the good part about it is what I'm asking. What, it introduced me to a lot of got people. Got it. And then what... Because it does it feel way way young? Like when I make them. It's a little young like now. Teen, like teeny. Because I'm like, man, if I was 19 again, would I really make them wait? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no one would have known. I don't know. I don't know. I still think I still love the principle of the song, which is like I love that a lot of girls were like, man, I realized my worth because of the song, and that's dope. And that's something my parents always taught me and my sisters. Like the girl has the power. Hmm. The man courts the girl, but you decide where and when it goes, <laughs> you know? So I'm glad, like, people got that message. What's been the hardest part about being married? Ooh, that's a good question. I, I've only been married two I know, and, same. and a half years. So I asked that because for us, I think the hardest part has been for her having to deal with me as in I'd never really been in a relationship, like a real relationship yeah. until her. Even... Just like a long-term one? Not even romantic, but even at all. Because, you know, I wasn't close with my parents. and Except for my grandma, who raised me a lot of my life. I really didn't have... I didn't know how to be close to somebody mm. at all. So she's had to go through a lot of those growing pains where it's like, I am 19 in yeah. that part of my life. And I think that's been oh, hard. beautiful, though. I mean, kind of, yeah. but also annoying for her. Is it like she just knows your trigger points and knows when you're like pushing to, away? She had and to learn the away. trigger points, and that's never. Yeah. You only learn them if you get triggered. Yeah. You know, it's not like I'm like, here are my trigger points. You you haven't never seen them, but these could be them. Yeah. You but you know there are a lot of things that would make me very uncomfortable, just intimacy in general. Yeah. Because I'd never experienced that. Mm. At least to that. Like just vulnerability and. I everything. still struggle with it, but I am a lot better at it. Yeah. Because of her. But that's probably been the hardest thing. That and then I work a lot. And I think I used to work even some just to fill space because I didn't want mm. to have empty space because I, I felt like. You don't want to think. I felt like a freaking loser. And so, really? And so, yeah. So I didn't want to be a loser. I mean, I just felt like it. But I mean, when you have like a quiet moment, your brain starts spiraling yeah, like a little bit. I, a lot of bit, yeah. Yeah. And so I wouldn't allow that to happen. And so. Do you feel more comfortable in the quiet now? Oh, yeah. Good. Yeah, and I'm okay in the quiet. Then I'll I'll just find something to do. That's what I I would do then. But, you know, for her, I would be with her, but I would still be looking for something to do. Yeah. And that really, that's not it. I'm supposed to be trying to spend, I'm supposed to be spending time with her. Yeah. So, but it's been. But it's nice to feel unconditional love. Yeah. And like allowing someone to love you unconditionally. That is the harder part. I feel that. The second part. You're like, what do you mean? I don't have to prove myself. I don't have to... Constantly. Do something. Like, why do I deserve this? Because mm. I never really had it. And you didn't have to try for it. It just... 
it's just came. right so but also it came so easy i feel like it could leave so easy and i think that was a big problem Oof. damn i feel that like i feel like i didn't have to look i wasn't looking and i feel like a lot of times this is interesting that's an interesting thought of like sometimes i feel like <clears throat> i try to work quote unquote work for the things that god just wants to give me it's like why can't i just let him Give me the gift and give me a blessing without, no, God, I, like, I'm working for it. Like, no. What if he's saying, sit down and let me just give you a gift? Yeah, why don't we just accept it? Probably because if we think if it's free, it's not real. It's not valuable. You don't deserve or we, it. Or we think we're not worthy of it. We think we're not worthy of a gift. Yeah. I think yeah. I struggle even getting normal gifts. Yeah. Like when people, I never open them up in front of people. I was like, I'll open a card in front of someone. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm with you. What's but what's the hardest thing for your husband? What what's been something he's had to work through because of either growing up with all sisters or growing up? You know, we all have our own stories. Mm, I think I would have to ask him. I don't want to put words in his mouth or anything because he's just so steady. Like he's, I feel like he's so good at loving people, and like he's so good at loving me. I don't. I don't think there's any man who could show me the kind of love that he does. This is patience and just lets me be free and lets me roam and lets me create. And he's so unthreatened by it. Um, and anytime, and he's a hard cookie to crack too, though. Like I'm, I'm such an artist and I'm such a little like Pisces emotional. I'm like, tell me what you're thinking. Tell me what you're feeling. And he's like, no, I'm just thinking. I'm like, that's the fun of thinking is telling people what you're thinking now. <laughs> like, like, tell me everything. He's just a thinker, man. So I'm, I'm honestly, you're going to spur a little marriage conversation. I'm like, what are you, uh, what are you struggling with right now? Well, it doesn't have to be now, but you know, when two or people. even with me. Even two roommates that move in together. There's always. I know I annoy the hell out of him. Like he by, says by, I don't. By doing don't. what though? By doing, what do you think is annoying about you? Free to everything. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm so annoying. But like, do you think, I you're, do you think he, you're loud, or do you think you yes, do you, yes? But I don't think that's annoying because I'm not with you 24 hours a day. I mean, he loves me for it, but sure. he did tell me like he, he said he didn't know after our first date because I'm so I'm so like into myself sometimes too. And I I asked him, I was like, "What was your first thought about me?" You know, on our first date, and he was like, I thought you were the loudest girl I've ever met in my life. And I was like, oh. Like, I thought he was going to say, like, oh, my gosh, you're so hot. Like, or whatever. He's like, no, you were a loud bitch. Like, <laughs> Where did you guys so, go on your first date? To Jenny's. He Ice think, cream? Well, he had, um, he had planned out a whole night because I was supposed to get into Atlanta. Again, this one radio tour. And I, um, we had a whole conversation, like, on the phone conversation. He's such a gentleman, like call me on the phone, tell me the plan, made the plans. And um, so he had, he had texted me. He's like, hey, is your ETA still 7 p.m. tonight? And I was like, should be. 7 p.m. turns to 8. 8 p.m. turns to 9. I don't get to my hotel till 1030. Mm. And by this time, the dinner reservation's out the door. All of his plans are out the door. So he picks me up and, and he was like, is it okay if I take you to ice cream? And I just wanted to be with him. How'd you like, meet him yeah. though? What? We got set up. So my big sister and now my really good friends, Tyler's really good friends, uh, Jarrett and McKinley Brock, they were Ashlyn. My big sister and them were good friends. 
up in New York, and they were at dinner one night, and the Brocks were like, hey, we have this guy. We're trying to find him a girl. He's such a stud. He's this, this, this. And my big sister, knowing me, she saw one picture of him, and she was like, oh, Abby would love him. (laughs) (laughs) And so then she just pinged me a picture of him, and she was like, hey, he lives in Georgia. I know you're going to be there in, like, a couple weeks, and we want to set y'all up. And I was like, he can call me. (laughs) Let him call me. How long until he did? (laughs) Um... He like asked for my schedule or they, the, our friends asked for my schedule. I, I made it really dramatic and I didn't need to, but I was just having fun. Um, so no, it was like the next day or so. You got engaged on a boat? We get, he, yeah, we were, um, George has become like my safe haven and we have a couple properties out there, lake houses. And so that just became our COVID hideaway, you know? And, um, yeah, he took me out in a canoe and. You know Close coming? to me in the woods. I had a gut. The only reason I had a gut feeling it was coming was because I was depressed as hell. And this was like, I was so freaking sad during COVID. And this was like right after I left the label, like everything. And um, my sisters were all there and they came down the stairs and they were like, hey, like, what if you didn't wear a sweatshirt today? Uh, <laughs> like, what if you took if a shower? Yeah, and I was yeah. like, what is going on? So I was still wearing a sweatshirt. I just put a clean one on. <laughs> and then he proposed to me in this, oh, whatever. It was perfect, though. That's He's awesome. a stud. Yeah, I think so. He you said is. it many times now. I believe it. I know, it. sorry. <laughs> I just time. like it. Yeah, no, I hope so. Yeah, that's good. It's nice to like your spouse, Yeah, you know? I know a lot of people don't like their spouse. I'm like, that was that. Yeah, and you'll go through little probably mini seasons where... Oh, for sure. We've gone through mini yeah, seasons. Yeah, where you don't like them, but you still love them. Yeah. Because I know there are times where I'm not very likable. Same. And but, I'm, I'm less likable than he is. He's very likable. How are you... Li- you're the most likable person. I forget how likable you are. Like, yeah, but you only see, you're only going to see me for an hour today, Bobby. He has to see me all day, all true. the time. I agree. I'm not arguing. I'm I just... can be likable for an hour. <laughs> Let's take a quick pause for a message from our sponsor. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your next stop before attending your next concert. Tacova's has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring. You're talking about men's boots, women's boots, um, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition, timeless style, always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort, little to no break-in period. Like it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, direct consumer pricing keeps the value on your feet, the money in your pocket. So stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, shop the new styles. You like the smell of leather or no? I love it. Yeah, that's what the whole store basically is: fresh leather, yep. friendly staff. Or like the smell of staff? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm sure they smell good there. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. What a gift, too. Regular live music and events. There is no in-store experience like this. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Yeah. Yeah. Tecovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. 
And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Bobbycast. You're playing the Houston Livestock Rodeo Big Show, March 17th. That's cool. Yeah. We're back. I feel like I'm working again. Yeah. Back on the road. Is that fun? Yeah. I missed it. I think for a long time I, like, tried to talk myself out of what I wanted. Because you may not get it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I felt that. Really? Oh. Like, just those moments of, like, debilitating doubt. Yes, where it's like you... You're convincing yourself you don't want it, but actually you're just telling yourself you're so scared that if you don't get it, that you'll just be such a failure. So you're just going to go ahead and say you don't want it. So okay, therefore you can't. Okay, makes me feel better. <laughs> like crazy. Do you still do that? Yes, all the time. And what's the discipline there to like not let yourself talk yourself out of it? Um, acknowledging it, that that's what it is. Okay. Because like it, this is fear. Yeah. Because it'll never not happen. You're wired in that way. Yeah. So am I. To like stay safe. Yep. And to look for safety because yeah. it hasn't always been safe growing up. And so you want safety. Yeah. So what's safe? And I I would do it. And I felt like because of survival, I would not allow myself because I, I had to get to a different place. So, But then I started to realize, you know. I think I'm just doing this because I'm scared that if it doesn't work out, that I'll be a total loser and I will not be what I thought I could be. Mm. And the fact that I could acknowledge it actually allowed me to put, it didn't make it easier, but it allowed me to just keep going, knowing that I wasn't wanting to quit for anything that was rational or logical. It was just fear. Is it ever a fear of being seen? In what way? Or being heard? Of not being seen or heard? Of being seen or heard. Why do you think people, if they finally see who you are, they're not going to like you? No, because again, I think I'm pretty likable. <laughs> uh, at least for an hour. 
for an hour, you're the most likable person. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. I've been asking myself that question Ex- explain, a while lately. Explain that question though, because I don't understand the question. For me, my fear has always been if I show my real self, no, people are not going to like me. Mm. So it was, let me try to be, especially early, let me try to be exactly what I think I should be because mm. I can, I can chameleon into anything. I was a chameleon. Mm-hmm. I was like, I can make you like me. I know what you want. And I was, and I know how to be yeah, what you want. And I was really good at it. And it didn't matter. I could go wherever. And I think I kind of had to be that anyway growing up because they were just, I was uncomfortable a lot growing up. So I had to figure yeah. out how to read people, where I was safe, where I wasn't. And that was just a natural skill. But then I was worried if I was my real self that nobody would actually like the real version. Maybe that's what it is then. Yeah. Because I found for a long time I didn't even know. There was, maybe you relate to this. Um, there was a long time where I didn't even know what I liked. Yeah. I still, that's still a struggle with me. It's still a struggle mm-hmm. for me. And I literally, it's a discipline I have to do every single day. If it's cover artwork, even down, there was a minute, Bobby, this is like kind of sad. I had to wake up and ask myself, what do I want to wear today? How do I want to do my hair today? Like that was a practice and I still have to practice that. Rewiring yourself. Because for so long, I was told what to wear. Yeah. I was told what's modest and what's not and what makes me worthy and what doesn't. And I've never asked myself, does this make me feel good? Do I like this? Am I proud of this? Oh, my gosh. I'm like, I'm 26 years old. I'm still... You're having to rewire your brain. Still re- I'm rewiring my brain. It's but al- it's fun. It's, and almost impossible, but can be done. And I had to, I think I'm learning too. Like, I don't have to have it all figured out to You'll never be figure successful. It out. You'll never figure it out. And the people that have it figured out actually don't. We just think they do. And we that you would ask them out. and they would admit they don't also. Yeah. Nobody has it figured out. Yeah. Some people look better doing it, but that's only because we're looking from afar. That's a good point. But anybody that I know that's been wildly successful in whatever arena, they will also say, I never knew, I still don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Because there is no blueprint, really. No. Especially if you want to do it and be authentic. 100%. If you want to do it and be a version, a, a, a one-hit wonder pop song, not even music, but I'm just saying like something that people like and then forget, but have a little bit of success, that's probably that's probably able to be done, but not it's not able to be sustained. Yeah. I feel like the last couple of years has been such a blessing for me. Like I'm... I know what not being authentic feels like. And Did you know you weren't being authentic, though, when you weren't being authentic? Because no, I don't know that I did. I just knew I wanted to make people happy. Yeah. I just wanted to entertain. I just wanted to be the entertainer. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like the last couple of years has been such a practice for me, a practice of practicing authenticity. <laughs> and like, and just realizing, I'm like, God, and I pray for those opportunities. I'm like, God, give me, give me an opportunity today to practice authenticity. And to say no or to say yes, and those opportunities will come, and you're like, oh, here it is. You know? So keep, that's been fun. I keep a note in my phone of every lie I tell. Why? Gosh, this sounds terrible. I couldn't keep up with mine, honestly. <laughs> well, that's, what do you mean by, what do you mean, like, what kind of lies? Just lying to yourself? Uh, because it makes me uncomfortable at times to even tell lies that I'm telling as, like, a white lie or to make... Uh, appease somebody mm. and, and in the end it usually comes back not a net positive so yeah. I keep a list of lies just to remind me I don't want to lie even if it's uncomfortable so this is like after a conversation it's you've an, had with someone it's just an accountability thing even if it's like oh I like that but you don't for example I was 
on a podcast talking with Eddie, who's my best friend, and I told him I had talked to this guy named John John Middlecoff, but I hadn't talked to him. I'd only texted with him, mm. and that really wasn't even a, in my mind. That really wasn't a lie. But then it got off, and I was like, you know what? No, I only t- I lied. Yeah. So it is. I like that. Wait, that might pick that up. It's just an accountability thing for me because I have to keep track of it. I notice it more. Yeah. And therefore, I am. I feel like I'm pursuing, and I'm yeah, I'm conscious of a more, somewhat more authentic version. But sucks sometimes. Sucks. Yeah. It's not supposed to be easy though. If it's easy, everybody be doing it. Did um, are you going to therapy? A lot. (laughs) Tell us a good thing. I go. Yeah, I mean, I go to my. I have my own therapist. Who I finally have one that I really like that challenges me. Yeah. Hard. That makes me uncomfortable. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, my wife and I have one. And we started going, and it's the greatest. Yeah. Counseling for us is awesome. Yeah. And it's hard, and but it makes everything else easier. It's like lifting weights. You get a lot. It sucks lip working out, but then you're just a lot it stronger. Feels so great after. Yeah, it just feels good. Uh, yeah. What's up? So what? What? What's happening with this music? When's it? What's the deal? No, we're working on it right what's now. What, uh, right. I'm I know. practicing authenticity. Yeah. Like, <laughs> are you are you gonna dribble out songs one at a time? I don't know yet. Hmm. I'm in the studio. I'm writing a ton. And I've got, like, as of right now, I have, like, a handful of songs I'm stoked about. And so now, I do feel pressure. Like, I'm feeling like, okay, there's a lot of eyes on it. And, like, you know, Heart on Fire in Mexico, I'm super thankful that, like, brought in a whole new audience. I mean, and, that's the song. And now, I mean, I hope it still is a song. Yeah. You never In today's world, like, anything could be mm-hmm. bigger than it is was 10 years ago. You never know. And I love that song. Um, but I am feeling, I do feel a little pressure of like, okay, this next stuff, it's got to be better than what I've done. But I... It doesn't, though. It doesn't have to compare at all. It's more like raising my internal standard. That's great. That's what it is. If you want to do that and it's healthy it. for you to do that. It feels healthy. As long as it feels healthy. I think. <laughs> I don't know. But that, yeah. But you can psych yourself out, too. Like, I'll, I'll doubt myself, you know. You always will. Yeah. You never won't. Yeah. And that's a comforting thought, honestly. But it's both. It's, you feel stupid and sc- it's scary because you're like, I'll, I'll never get, over, get through this. I'll always be this way. But then when you realize you'll always be this way, again, you can acknowledge it and move through it knowing yeah. that it's not the end. Yeah. I remember, and we'll wrap on this, but I remember the last time you and I had talked on the phone and you were like, I want to do, I want to be more of an online like a or a social media, like have a presence and I want to do. And I was like, you're that person. Just that's you. You're you, you have such a there's such an attraction to just your energy in general. And I even forget about it sometimes until I see you. Yeah. And I was just like, just be you. And I'm not in any way saying I did or said anything. Cause I didn't say anything. It's the most generic thing ever. But I believed it. But that's what you did. And it's just I've just watched you blow up. Thank you. By just being you. <laughs> And I didn't understand, like, people would always say, like, oh, just be yourself. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know what myself is, though. And I'm still figuring that out. Now I'm like, oh, like, I know when I like something and I don't have a problem telling someone I like that. I don't. That mm-hmm. feels great. But I'm still, like, just uh, chiseling away down but, to the core. And not to, as they say, beat a dead horse, but you will never figure it all out, even about yourself, because you're always changing. Yeah. And so you'll never, it's, you'll always be chiseling. Yeah. I like that. That's a fun thought. And it's terrifying at the same time. Yeah. Because you never have a grasp. That's the terrifying part of it. Yeah. But then when you realize you'll never have a grasp, then you don't hold yourself 
to a standard of, I must have a grasp because everybody else does. Well, they don't either. I just like to think about, like, we're all going to die. I think about that all the time. <laughs> we're just organic to pieces me, that's of matter. Like that's, the, not even, yeah. that's the most it's comforting the thought to me. It's the equalizer. It's like, you know what? When I'm 98 and I'm on my deathbed, the most comforting, I'm like, I just want to make sure that that woman is proud of me today. And it's like, you know what? Even if it doesn't go, even if all my hopes and dreams don't happen, whatever, like, I did my best. And I freaking went for it. You guys, you Abby, know? on Instagram, Abby Anderson Music. TikTok, Abby Anderson Music. Um, I don't know. Whenever you're oh, ready, thanks. come up to the show. I mean... We can set it up whenever. Just use the, use the golden ticket whenever you want. Well, it. you let me know when, it's, like, a fun time would be. It's not that. It's just when you have whatever, to, if you wanted to. I want to co- co-host one day. Okay, if Amy's ever out, I'll call you. And you can just, That'd be you can, so... Well, you'd have to probably... I probably need to do media training before that. For our what's show, your, for our show, your, well, we've, we've never actually. What's nobody's your ever had media, media training. training. Really? The, uh, there's a type of person that needs media training, and there's a type of person that needs to be told, "Hey, chill just a little bit." Yeah. Um, I, you don't need media training except for now. You know exactly what you're doing, except for sometimes early on, you just wouldn't stop. And it'd be like, Abby, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, Chill. hold on. Take a like breath. I like what you're doing. We're gonna get back to it. just hold on once. But I think it was just try, it's just I'm trying nervous. to do too much. Yeah, we all was, do that. And I was trying. We all do that. Yeah, um, but some people need media training. Some people don't. You're a natural. You come ho- host the show. Amy's never had media training. None of us have had media training. I like that. We just got in the media. And then, I just get scared of what I'm gonna say sometimes. Hey, same. <laughs> you know. Same. Been like, hey, there's an art to this. <laughs> and there's an art to not thinking there's an art to it. Therefore, it's That's even better. Point. So, yeah. So whenever you, if you want to do Hard on Fire Mexico, great. If you want to wait till new music comes out, whatever you want, let me know. Come up. We'll have fun. I appreciate that. I really enjoyed it. I always enjoy it. I forget how much I enjoy hanging out with you until I hang out with you again. So I'm probably going to forget Bobby. again until next time. But uh, you're awesome. Okay. Yeah, you're awesome. You can forget about it. I'll come back around to uh-huh. I believe it. <laughs> um, at Abby Anderson Music on Instagram and TikTok and you guys go follow her please she's awesome as you could tell by the last hour (laughs) thanks for listening to a BobbyCast production hey girlfriends it's me Carol Fisher back with another season of the global number one podcast The Girlfriends last time we investigated the murder of Gail Katz This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. 
Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.